Welcome inside the vault. This is a collection of previously unreleased lessons from eight-figure entrepreneurial mastermind, R. John Robbins. And in case you didn't see the warning label, this content can be explicit and is for serious entrepreneurs only. This week, we're sharing part one of a two-part episode taken from R. John's live quarterly meeting in October of 2017, which was meant to help you think differently about your business and unlearn many of the lessons most of us were taught growing up. In part one, Arjun teaches about the power of positive association, and he explains why, contrary to popular belief, the path to success is actually full of shortcuts. Let's go to the vault. Working with Arjun is like having a shortcut to future you. Every time I can have an opportunity to spend time with Arjun, I try to take it and be a sponge. I thought everyone was crazy. You know, they were running to the front of the stage to see this person. Arjun's wearing his crazy shirt. You know, he drinks tiger blood in the morning just for fun and he's like breathing down my throat. Sometimes it's terrifying to work with him. It's like he's looking into your soul, but it's, it's growth the whole way. The problem that most people have in business is that we have no experience being around anyone who, we have no experience being around anyone who is, who has accomplished the kinds of things that we want to accomplish. The, the, if you have a personal income of just $100,000, that puts you in the top 5% of income earners globally. $100,000 puts you in the top 5% of income earners globally. It puts you in the top uh, 20% here in the United States. If you have, those of us who have an income of a million dollars, we are in the top 1% of income earners in this country, and it's like a fraction of a fraction of income earners globally. And that's really unfortunate that, that most people don't have a lot of exposure to people who earn a lot of money because people don't really know what it takes. They see the end result of a fast-growing business. They see the end result of someone who's made a lot of money, but they don't really understand how it's being done. Because statistically speaking, they don't know anyone who's doing it. They don't even know anyone who knows anyone who's doing it. And so stories get made up, and rumors persist, and reasons and explanations and justifications get made up. And most of those rumors and most of those stories and most of those explanations are bullshit. They are truly bullshit. If you think about it, if you've never been around someone, and, and let me be clear, I'm not saying that 
most lawyers in this country don't know someone who's got a million dollar or a multi-million dollar law firm. We all know someone who's got a million dollar or a multi-million dollar law firm. We all know someone who's built a business that's growing at 20%, 50%, 100%, 200%, 500% year on year on year on year consistently. We all know these people, or rather I should say we all know of these people, but we don't really know them intimately. We don't, we're not really there in the tough times to, to see how do they think differently about the problems that they encounter. How do they respond differently when opportunities present themselves? How are they already pre-programmed and pre-wired to have a different emotional response or a different emotional reaction when good things happen or when bad things happen? Instead, most of us have, have learned behaviors. We're basically functioning like trained animals emotionally. Our parents taught us how to respond when we encounter an opportunity. Our parents taught us how to respond when we encounter a problem. Where do you think our parents learned how to respond when we encounter a problem or when we encounter an opportunity? From their parents. And their parents learned it from their parents before them. And so we're basically operating on a, on a program, like a computer program, that is at least 50 to 100 years out of date. But we don't take the time to think. We don't take the time to examine. We don't take the time to analyze and, and plan out how are we going to respond when we encounter a problem. How are we going to respond when we encounter an opportunity? How are we going to even be able to decide, to, how are we even going to make a decision whether what we're experiencing is a problem or is it an opportunity? Seven years ago, I was flat broke. Some of you know the details. I will not tell you the whole story again right now. But for those of you who don't know the details, I was flat broke seven years ago. And I'm talking lost the house to foreclosure. I'm talking scrounging around in the, in the center console of my old truck with four flat tires, scrounging for money to buy groceries. I'm talking flat broke. I didn't learn how to build a business that, re- that rose me up from being completely and totally flat broke to living the life that I'm able to live today. I learned to think differently about everything. I learned to think about things in a completely different way. And by thinking about things in a completely different way, I began to recognize that a lot of the things that I saw as problems were in fact the greatest opportunities for me in life. Damon John wrote an amazing book, which we read We've all read. Let's just practice this. We'll edit this part out of the video. Damon John wrote an amazing book that we all read. Yes! I mean, I got to just ask you guys, what the fuck are you thinking? Seriously? You know you got a guy who's got a personal net worth of $400 million. You watch him on TV like every week on Shark Tank, 
You know you're going to have access to him, and you know that he's got a book called The Power of Broke, and you don't read the book? Seriously, where else, and I mean this sincerely, where else are there opportunities right in front of your nose that you're not picking up and taking advantage of? When I learned to think differently, when I learned to understand that being broke was an opportunity for me, when I, learned, when, when I learned to start thinking differently and recognize that all of these things that I thought were problems, all these things that I thought were obstacles, all these things that I thought were holding me back were in fact the greatest tools for me to build a multi-million dollar business that gives me and my family this amazing life. Allie and I had breakfast this morning. We're on the top floor of the top tower overlooking the, the bay. It's the most beautiful, amazing view with these huge ceilings and you know you have to like walk more than this stage to get from like one like from the lit, from the from the couch to the bathroom it's like you're walking right like holy shit i remember when i could like fall out of bed into the bathroom of the freaking motel 6 and this is the life that i've created in just 7 years and i'm telling you it's not cuz i'm better than any of you it's not because i'm smarter than you it's sure as hell not because i work harder than a lot of you I know a lot of you work a lot harder than me. I know a lot of you are a lot smarter than me. I know a lot of you uh, have better education than me. I learned to think differently about things, and that changed everything. I learned that a lot of these things that were, that were holding me back, these stories that I was using, could be used to power me to success and help a lot of people in the process. The problem is the way that I learned to think about things was taught to me by my parents who loved me and adored me and showered me with everything they could shower me with, including a lot of fucked up thinking. But they didn't think it was fucked up thinking. They thought it was good thinking. A lot of us are operating with some pretty unproductive thinking. The problem is you're in the box and the instructions that are telling you what's wrong with being inside the box, guess where they're printed? On the outside of the box. And you can't see that. I couldn't see it. There's not a single one of you in this room who can't grow your law firm by 100% in the next 12 to 18 months. Not one single one of you can't do that. Let me put it another way. Every single one of you can grow your law firm by 100% or even more in the next 12 to 18 months. And you don't have to work harder to do it. You just have to start thinking differently about everything. How do you do that? You can read books. You can take courses. You can hire coaches. You can do all of the stuff that we do to keep our head straight. But the most powerful thing to do is the power of positive association. Just being in this room. Do you realize that just being in this room for the next two days is going to help you grow your business? Just being 
around people who have grown their business by 100%, 200%, 500%, 1,000% in the last three years. Just being around that energy, just being around that mindset, the casual conversations that you will overhear without intending to during the break. When you make a comment to someone and they look at you and they don't even have to say anything, but you realize this person lives truly in a different world than I do. And when you encounter that person who lives in a different world than you do, rather than looking for reasons why their world is wrong, rather than looking for reasons why you can dismiss their world, rather than looking for reasons why they can do it and you can't do it, ask yourself, what if there's something that they understand that I don't understand? What if it's just that simple? What if it literally is just as simple as this person has an awareness and understanding about something or about the way things work that I don't understand? Imagine that. When my wife and I were broke, we would go to auto shows. We would go to boat shows. We would go to open houses to expose ourselves to a different way of thinking. Even just being in a multi-million dollar home exposes you to a different way of thinking because you start looking at how the home is designed and you understand that there's a different way of thinking that went into designing that home than the home that maybe you're living in if you're living in a much more modest home. You sit in a $100,000 car and you think to yourself, there's a different kind of thinking that went into the design and manufacture of this car than the car that I'm driving if you're driving, let's just say, a much more modest car. You go into a clothing store and you see a jacket that's you know $2,000 and you think, there's a logic to that jacket. There's a logic to that car. There's a logic to that home. There's a logic to that lifestyle. And rather than dismissing it or criticizing it or labeling it like a judgmental, petty-minded asshole, I'm calling everyone out who goes around labeling things, right? Because lawyers, we love to talk about how liberal we are and how open-minded we are and how non-judgmental we are until we encounter someone who's got something we don't have, and then we're all about labeling and judging it, aren't we? Well, no one in this room, that's part of the reason why you got into this room, because you don't think that way. But you got to be aware of the fact that when you go to most bar functions, that's what we're surrounded by, and that is precisely why most lawyers have no experience with the things that we in this room basically take for granted. There's something that I suspect most of us have heard. I suspect I'm not going to tell you something you don't already know. There are no shortcuts. Have we all heard this? Yes? We've all heard there are no shortcuts. Have we said it? Have we said it to our kids? There are no shortcuts. 
Have we said it to our friends? There are no shortcuts. Let's all say it together. One, two, three. There are no shortcuts. Or are there? We all like to think that we know truth. We all like to think that we respect truth. We're in the business of protecting the truth, aren't we? I would challenge you to define what the truth actually is. I've had this conversation with thousands of lawyers, and hardly anyone can even explain what the truth is. And yet, they'll live and they'll die and they'll fight and they'll have lawsuits and they'll break up with partners and they'll have divorces and they'll have families split up over the quote-unquote truth, but they won't even define what the truth is. I usually do this as an interactive discussion in a workshop, but we're not going to do an interactive discussion with 350 people in the room. So I'm just going to tell you what I believe the truth is. I believe the truth is reality. I believe that truth is reality. Reality is truth. That's what I believe truth is. It is what it is. It doesn't change. It's not negotiable. It doesn't bear grudges. It will work for you the moment you begin to embrace it. And it will work against you until you do. then there are liars. Liars are people who believe they know what the truth is and deliberately mislead others about what they believe the truth is. They believe they know what the truth is. They deliberately say something that, they deliberately say something, everyone who's been to building your business from the stage, you understand my problem, right? Who's been to build your business from the stage? Who understands the problem that I'm having right now? I've been thinking about this for like two days and I haven't solved the problem. Liars. <laughs> Liars, they, they know what the truth is and they deliberately mislead people as to what they think the truth is. They do it for whatever, motivation, whatever motivations they have. Now, a big problem that lawyers have is that lawyers, a lot of people, not just lawyers, it's actually all people, but I'm going to say lawyers because we're all lawyers in this room, don't make a distinction between a lie versus a mistake where you say something that you believe to be true and it turns out not to be true. You've simply made a mistake. We're going to come back to mistakes in a minute because mistakes are where your profits are waiting for you. Your profits, your growth are waiting in your mistakes. But if you're hiding out from your mistakes, then you're never going to be able to get to those profits. Take that, please. Take that, please. Just throw that behind the stage. <laughs> it's dinging. I forgot to turn it off. Just, yeah, thank you. Hey. Live shows are like this. That won't be in the edited version. Um, lawyers don't make a distinction between lies and mistakes. 
A mistake is when you think you know the truth, you think you're saying things that are correct, but it turns out you were wrong. You made a mistake. The mistakes are where the prophets live. In between the truth and lies is bullshit. There's a Princeton professor who wrote a book entitled On Bullshit, where he went through the history of the term bullshit. It's not a vulgarity. It is a defined term by a Princeton professor. And basically, bullshit is when someone says something that it may be true. It may be true. Or it may not be true. It may not be true. The problem is the bullshitter hasn't bothered to figure it out. They don't know whether it's true or not true. They haven't investigated. They haven't analyzed. They haven't brought critical judgment. They haven't asked for objective help to figure it out. They're just saying things to get through the moment. So we're going to talk about shortcuts, and we're going to talk about shortcuts as truth. We may end up making a mistake here, but we're going to deconstruct this idea that we've all been hearing our whole lives. There are no shortcuts. We're going to deconstruct this idea that we've infected our children with. You guys have infected your children. My kid's too young. I haven't screwed him up yet. We're going to deconstruct this term called shortcut. A shortcut is defined as a route or mode, a route that is more direct than the one ordinarily taken. That's where a shortcut is. Now, keep in mind what the word ordinary means. Ordinary means uh, average, essentially. The average small law firm in this country is growing by 5%. Now think about what causes law firms to grow fast. What causes law firms to grow fast is robbing, stealing, cheating, right? That's how you grow a law firm and keep it growing year after year after year after year. You realize what bullshit that is? But that's what lawyers are out there saying. Lawyers are looking at firms that are growing by 50%, 100%, 200%, and they're saying, oh yeah, they're able to do that because they're lying and they're cheating and they're stealing. And that's how they're able to sustain their growth year after year after year after year after year after year. It is bullshit. It makes no sense. And all it takes is like two minutes of critical thought to realize that their entire career is founded on bullshit. Who wants to have an ordinary law firm? No one? If you want to have an ordinary law firm, there are, in fact, no shortcuts. It's in the definition of the word shortcut. A route more direct than ordinarily taken. Ordinarily, it takes a lifetime to grow a firm to a million dollars. Ordinarily, 
you cannot grow a law firm to or past even a million dollars. Ordinarily, you have to work 50, 60 hours a week and have to make tons of apologies and excuses to your family because you're a slave to your law firm. Ordinarily, you have to live a life of aggravation, frustration, and misery, making all kinds of excruciatingly painful, heartbreaking decisions to tell your kids what you can or can't do with them because of how badly you run your business. Ordinarily, you don't write a business plan. Ordinarily, you don't have a marketing plan. Ordinarily, you don't have any written processes, systems, procedures for how the business runs. Ordinarily, you don't have job descriptions or do training or test your staff. Ordinarily, you don't have a 12-month forward-looking budget. Ordinarily, you don't look at a budget variance report. Ordinarily, you don't put yourself in an environment on a regular basis with people who are achieving and have achieved what you want to achieve. Ordinarily, you don't do those things. And consequently, ordinarily, you grow your firm at about 5% per year, which doesn't help a whole lot of people, least of all you. That's what's ordinarily done. And there are no shortcuts. There are, come on, say it with me. There are, there are no shortcuts to ordinary. But we don't want ordinary. We want extraordinary. We want better than ordinary. And for that, there's nothing but shortcuts. There's nothing but shortcuts if you want to grow your firm at 100% per year. There's nothing but shortcuts if you want to have a business that works and gives you the opportunity to take a month off with emergency access only. And while you're gone, your marketing keeps working, your sales keeps working, your staff keeps working, your revenue keeps coming in, your clients keep getting served, your bills keep getting paid, everything keeps working for you. There are no shortcuts if you want to have extraordinary. But we're conditioned And we're programmed to run away from what's extraordinary. We're conditioned and we're programmed that there are no shortcuts, that whole mindset, that whole mentality. But you got to think about who taught you that strategy. Who gave you these ideas? Where did this idea come from that there are no shortcuts? Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more lessons from the vault.